0: Hello, sweet friends, it's Lisa, and welcome back to another episode of the Becoming a Radiant Wife podcast. I'm so glad you're here. You are in exactly the right place. So grab your coffee, um, grab your water, whatever it is that you're sitting down listening to this with. (laughs) Maybe you're cleaning your house. Maybe you're driving in the car. I don't know. Anyway, make yourself comfortable and settle in because we are uh, continuing our series on putting on the full armor of God. The previous episode, I introduced the belt of truth. That is the first piece of armor. I talked about how we all need a lie detector to help us get through this wild, crazy world. This world tends to throw a lot of stuff at us, and we have to be able to decipher what is real, what is true, and what is authentic versus what is absolute malarkey and lies that people just want us to believe that goes against what God's word tells us. So if you remember, our lie detector is the most beautiful gift that God gave us. And that is his word. He spoke to us and he has told us exactly what his truth is. And so we can use his word as our lie detector. I think that's a pretty great thing. So also we talked about um, memorizing Ephesians six thirteen to 14a, just the first part of 14. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So that was the one that we memorized last week. Have you been putting on your armor? Have Are you a warrior? Are you ready to fight? Like, are you looking at this world like you're going to tackle it? Like you are just going to fight every single day. Fight in the spirit. Well, this week we're moving on to Ephesians 6, 14b. It is very short. <laughs> so we are going to um, just memorize that little piece. So six, Ephesians 6, 14b. The breastplate of righteousness with the breastplate of righteousness in place. That's it. It just connects with 613 to 14a. Very simple. So if you didn't have a chance to memorize 613 to 14a, just add on that last piece with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We've got a lot more we're adding on next week, but you've got an easy, or in two weeks, you've got an easy couple of weeks ahead. So before I proceed, can you guess what the breastplate of righteousness represents? what it protects, what it covers. I'll give you a hint. Proverbs 4 verse 23 tells us, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Where is the breastplate on a soldier? What does it protect? It covers and protects the heart, that whole center mass section. Now, I've said before that my simple definition of righteousness is right living i love matthew 6 verse 33 but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well so if you notice in that it says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and i don't remember if i've done it on the podcast or just in the blog or if it's a podcast to come but i love matthew 6 verse 33 and i've done a lot of studying on this comparing it comparing the wording um and when we say seek first his kingdom, that is his, be part of his family is essentially what it's saying. Be part of his kingdom, his receive your salvation um, and then, and his righteousness. So if you've been a Christian for a while, you know, when you receive salvation, you receive his righteousness. So God no longer looks at you and sees all of your sin and your separation from him. And he does not see all of the muck. I mean, he essentially sees Jesus because that's how we get to him is only through Jesus Christ, through relationship with Jesus. And so we don't have to be perfect on our own because Jesus already paid the price for all of our sins. So he covered us. He absolutely covered us. So we now have his righteousness, if that makes any sense at all. And I hope it does. I hope that been a Christian long enough that you have heard these messages. Um, If you haven't, you're welcome to message me and um, at The Be Sweet Family on Facebook, and I would love to talk to you further. So based on that, righteousness is not native to man, but it is native to God. Through our salvation, we receive the righteousness of God. It's not natural to us in our flesh state, but it's given to us when we receive the Holy Spirit. So I mentioned in the previous episode, when we're born again, our spirit is just a baby. Have you ever thought of it that way? You know, you're born once in the flesh, but then when you're born in the spirit, you're, I mean, you're starting over with a new way of living. And so you really are, you're just a baby. It takes years to learn and grow and to become mature, um, this weekend, this past weekend, so I think I've mentioned before that I, uh, teach a young girls Bible study. So we're doing the lies young girls believe in the truth that sets them free. And then I also have some teens that, um, that I do the, uh, lies young women believe in the truth that sets them free. Anyway, there's a lot of those books at different age levels and it's just presented, um, I mean, essentially what I said last week about God answers things based on what we're ready for. That's exactly what those books are. They are addressing lies based on the age level that we're ready for. So it's pretty cool. It's a really cool series. Um, Anyway, and so with my young girls, it was with the teens, the young women. Um, One of the moms was there because I always invite the moms. I like to do it with the moms. If the moms don't want to come or the girls don't want their mom there, then that's totally okay. Uh, But I want the moms to be involved in the spiritual walk of their daughters. Um, If They agree on that. So I always want them to be welcome. So one of the moms does come. And we were talking about when you're born again and how your spirit, you're just a baby, Christian. And then as you grow and you learn, and it depends on how much effort you put in. Because if you, you know, as as a baby fleshy human, if you just let your baby lay there and you never teach them to walk, they could be 10 years old and they could just still be sitting there, right? Or you never teach them to chew solid food. They could still be just taking a bottle, So you have to put the effort in, you have to learn and you have to grow and you have to put the effort in to become a more mature Christian, just like in our flesh, right? And so we were talking about, um, I'm the oldest mom in the group. I'm 45. I'm not, not embarrassed of that at all, but anyway, I'm 45 and she's younger than me. However, she's been a Christian longer than me. Um, and then our daughters, they, um, they've been baptized. And so we were kind of talking about based on the years or the amount of time that they've been baptized, what their actual age is, you know, based on how much effort they've put in, how much they've grown and how much they've learned. Um, and so it, it was just kind of funny that, you know, I was in flesh years, I was the oldest, but in spirit years and maturity, she was the oldest. And so it was just interesting. It was kind of kind of funny to put it that way. Um, anyway, so we are credited with God's righteousness And we are becoming more like Jesus through sanctification. We do not own our righteousness. If we are not saved, we are not righteous. This does not mean we are ever going to be perfect. Never. We are babies. We still make mistakes and we still sin every single day. What this does mean is that we are to protect our heart. The core of our sanctification by following behaviors that align with God's righteous ways. We will never get it perfect. That day happens when we take our last breath and we meet Jesus face to face. Ah, What a beautiful time that will be. We are simply striving each and every day through sanctification to be better than we were the day before. Now, when I say that we protect our heart, the core of our sanctification, it's because we can have all the head change and the head knowledge. I mean, all the intelligence in the world. But if that head knowledge does not hit our heart and actually affect real change, then we're not being sanctified. And so our heart is incredibly important and we have to protect it with everything that we have, which is why Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. All right. How does this relate to our marriage? I haven't addressed marriage a super ton. I mean, a little bit in the last few episodes, but not as much as I should have. Um, How does this relate to our marriage? I suspect you're here because you want to have a better marriage today than you had yesterday. And we know that God loves marriage. He chose us and he put us together. We know that it's the second most important relationship next to our relationship to God. We have to put the time and effort into it that it deserves. If we look at our salvation in terms of being born again and being a baby Christian and needing to spend time learning and getting closer to our Heavenly Father, what does that say about our marriage? You know, I've said a couple times, I'm 45 years old. I've been married 21 years. I did not know what a Christian marriage was supposed to look like the day that we said I do. I mean, in my head, I wanted a Christian marriage and I wasn't saved at the time we got married, but I had a lot of head knowledge, um, and I knew God existed, um, but I had, um, at a moment, a year later, I guess it was, uh, where God really showed me what he meant, and so, um, so I had the head knowledge when we got married, and I wanted a Christian marriage, but I didn't have any idea how to make that happen, so we're definitely not 21 years, we're not 21 years old in our marriage years. Been married 21 years. But as far as the work and the effort and the energy that we have put into creating an actual beautiful Christian marriage, we're younger than that. I am 20 years old in my spiritual years, but I'm probably not quite 20 in my growth and maturity because I haven't, in the early years, didn't put the time and effort in that I have in the last, goodness, 15 years. Um, And so, you know, we just have to look at life like that. Like, you know, I've been married 21 years. But how much different would my marriage look like if I had from day one treated it like it was the second most important relationship? If I had after we had kids, after, you know, when life has changed and we were going through things and all of that. If I had treated it like that second most important relationship next to my relationship with Jesus and put the time and the effort and the energy in, I just think about what it what it could look like today. But now I know, right? It definitely looks different than it did many years ago. Um, it definitely is growing and changing and getting better and better each day. So I just want to encourage you that, if you have not created your marriage as a Christian one, you know, if you um, have kind of been following worldly modeling of what marriage should look like, just know this is a journey. This It's going to take some time to rebuild and to kind of restructure. That's the word I was looking for. It's going to take some time to restructure your marriage. Um, and so, you know, if you look at it 10 years down the road and you say, oh, I have a 10 year old Christian marriage and it's just getting better and better because I'm finally treating it the way it should be treated instead of the way that the world teaches us to treat relationships and um, we all those lies, they get in the way. And so the belt of truth is so important. The breastplate of righteousness is so important. We have to protect our heart, the armor of God, is imperative when it comes to our marriage. The world wants us to believe so many lies about what a relationship is supposed to look like, and we learn a lot of bad habits from people who should not be passing down marriage advice because of their unhealthy ways. We have one place to look to know what our marriage should look like, and that is the word of God. We must protect our hearts by seeking the truth about what his righteousness looks like. Now I said, we don't own our righteousness, and these two things are hand in hand they both they're both true, and we are to live our life in a way that aligns with God's righteousness. We can't be um, we can't be living in a superworldly way, and that's part of sanctification. We are peeling back layers we are slowly um Oh, Priscilla Shire in her, The Armor of God, and I'm not sure which page it was on, but she says, you know, she gave an example of an artist and they have a piece of stone and um, they're making a sculpture. And I feel like, I wish I could remember this story more clear. Anyway, the artist with this piece of stone, he is creating this beautiful sculpture. And someone asked, how do you know, how do you know what to chip away? How do you know how to... What stone needs chipped away to get to the beautiful art? And he says, I just, I take away everything that doesn't look like the finished product. And that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, each and every day, that's sanctification. We're just taking away what doesn't look like Jesus. Just slowly peeling that away. So when I say we're supposed to live with our life aligned with God's righteousness, we are not perfect. Okay? Your day is going to look different than mine. Your sin is going to look different than mine. We are all individuals. We talked about this before. If you've listened to the unique, each of you are unique in your marriage. Your marriage is going to look unique. It's going to look different than mine. And every single day, we should be peeling away the pieces that don't look like Jesus. And as I said in last, the last podcast selfishness is one of my weaknesses. It really, really is. And I've been peeling that one away for a while and I still have some work to do. So it's not like we're going to say, oops, selfishness, tackling that today, peeling that away, right? That's gone. No, we have to pray and we have to meet with Jesus and we have to really work to get some of those things to peel away because some of those are ingrained. Some of those have some damage attached. Some of those, I mean, some of it takes a while, but I want to encourage you that this is, a marathon this is not a sprint we are each day getting better than we were before and that's what our marriage is going to do each day it's just going to get better than it was before because we are being sanctified together and so last podcast i referenced some verses um the kind of some guides that we can look at to uh just to remind us what god's righteousness looks like and what it doesn't and i just want to remind you of a few of those so galatians 5 16 to 23 says jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is, sorry, side note, the beautiful, beautiful part, the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And then, of course, I also reference 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8a. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. In our marriages, we must protect our hearts from the lies. We must keep honest 1 Corinthians 13 love at the forefront and keep things out that would cause us to sin or fall away from the person God has chosen us to live with as one. Remember, God loves marriage and he chose you all to be together. You are one one person, one bigger force in this world because God brought you two together. So, of course, we always have action steps at the end of every podcast. So I want you to keep reading 1 Corinthians 13. I hope you've been doing that. Keep reading 1 Corinthians 13. Second, memorize Ephesians uh, 6, verse 14b. Remember, it was so simple. It was just very small. With the breastplate of righteousness in place if you haven't done 13 to 14a yet add that on as well remember you can always write those note cards around the house you can um you put it on sticky notes put it on the the um, screen saver or the home screen of your computer or your phone put it as your alarms so you see it constantly you're constantly reminded because we are making this our foundation this is our unbreakable foundation And then, of course, as always, please check out the Becoming a Radiant Wife Facebook page. It's a private group. Um, We are very small and we are growing. That's how all communities start, right? Uh, Very small and growing. And so I encourage you to hop over there. Just search it on Facebook, Becoming a Radiant Wife. Please answer the questions because that's how I know that you're not a bot or a spammer. And we are just a community of wives who are committed to strengthening our marriages, so we can strengthen our families and in turn strengthen our communities. I look forward to getting to know you all, and I want you to know that I pray for you often. Until next time.